Yeah, I think it starts again looking at the inventory and seeing how much you project to sell in a 30 day period. If you sell 300 units a month and you only have 250 left, I don't know if I would be running ads. You're gonna sell those organically, bring home some more profit. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Chris and Dustin from Solozo joining us. We just got to do a live on social media not too long ago. We had a lot of really fun stuff to talk about, so I wanted to get them on the podcast so we could talk through and share you know, all their key learning. So Chris, Dustin, maybe I'll kick it over to you. Can you kind of introduce us to you and give us a quick background? Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I'm Dustin. I'm an account executive at Solozo along with Chris. been with Solozo for about two years. And Solozo is an ad automation platform, optimization platform. We can talk a little bit more about that if we want to. Love my role here. We also host, Chris and I host the Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone podcast, which we've had you on. Awesome um, podcast, by the way. Yeah, Check it yeah. out if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Well, your episode in particular is awesome. I mean, you are the master. We really love talking to you about all things PPC. So it's super fun. No, I was uh, in a former life. I was a tennis pro. I did that for a long time. Started as, as a side hustle, started an Amazon business myself in 2014. It scaled to where I was able to uh, quit my job as a tennis pro, move back to Kansas City where I'm from and love it. And uh, coincidentally, Solozo is based in Kansas City. So I was actually a part of a meetup group, an Amazon seller meetup group that I actually never attended, but it was actually <laughs> put on by Solozo. And so I got to know them and then ended up starting to work with them, work with Chris. It's been a blast. And then, of course, starting the podcast has been tons and tons of fun. So that's a brief background on me. Chris, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, my name is Chris. Just like Dustin mentioned, uh, we both work at Solozo as account execs. My past ventures. Uh, I used to work for an e-commerce company as a buyer. So I bought product and we sold it on Amazon. So that was my introduction to Amazon. And then I realized really quickly, like, hey, I could do this on my own. <laughs> so, yeah. so just started doing the whole, you know, everybody does the whole kind of retail arbitrage, wholesale stuff and did all that. Private label was next and found a meetup and went to it. I actually went to it uh, <laughs> and, met, and met some people. And and got let go of my previous job and hit up Solozo and Solozo's like, yeah, we're hiring. And at the time I was kind of nervous, but you know, I was able to work with Amazon sellers as I'm a seller and learn from more people just like Joe, which um, Joe, you are amazing. <laughs> so we're in the space now, but now like this whole venture is like full circle. Like we started out as sellers we listen to people's podcasts, we learn from them, and now like we're the ones sharing information with people. So it's kind of surreal. Yeah, uh, it's kind of fun too, looking back. Like I, the way that I got started on Amazon as a seller, I was listening to the Amazing Seller podcast like yeah. way back in the day and yep. you know, started on the retail arbitrage side and then worked up to private label and all that good stuff. And yeah, it's kind of fun to full, full circle. Now we're doing podcasts on it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and that is the Amazing Seller is the one, I mean, I know we talk, I talked with Chris yeah. about it. That's the one I listened to. I listened to every episode of that thing. And, and it really, I mean, I followed every step. And of course, back then it was, those steps were easy. It was like, go yep. to Amazon and 
look up all the reviewers and then directly email them yep. <laughs> and send them your product and they'll just give you a re review. It's a little different than it is today, but yeah, it's, this is a fun space to be in. It's always changing. You have to stay on top of it. So both Chris and I are kind of competitive. I'm, you know, I was being a tennis player. I was very competitive and there's, there is that to this game. I feel like it's a game. You're, you're always trying to be better and better and better. And sure. so it fits and no day is the same. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. So with, with all the competition that's going on, like one thing that Matt and I have been focusing on for those who have been following along with the podcast is just kind of like building out the foundation and getting ready for Q4. And we're going to be going through some like more details in future podcasts, just on like, you know, key implementation and how we do that. But as you guys look to coming into Q4 with all the increased competition and everything else that you're talking about Dustin like what would you say are some key things that you're really focused on or when you're talking to sellers to be really focused on well I think the big thing of course everyone's different everyone's going to a different starting point but going into Q4 if if something's not performing well right right now in your campaigns it's gonna not perform at a magnified scale during when all this traffic comes in the same thing goes for things are performing so it's really critical i feel like that you 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 are really focused on optimizing everything right now so that you're getting the best bang for your buck and a lot of times that's going to mean you know not going after a lot of things that you might want to a lot of targets and stuff that you might want to go after but consolidating to where you're you know, where you got proven conversions, you know that it's going to convert well on those targets. And then you can be more aggressive during those times. So I think right now, it's definitely not the time later to just like th throw on your research campaign, like in the middle of December, you don't sure. want to be doing that. <laughs> you want to have it optimized now so that you're ready to go. For sure. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Chris, yeah me, what, what are I other mean, items? Yeah, well, I think inventory. Besides this PPC, oh, yeah. like I think inventory is going to be a struggle for some people. I think we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of sellouts, stockouts. I was just talking to my mom, and she went to buy something from Lowe's, and it said it's not available to, like December thirtieth. It's like <laughs> so people are already starting to see that, like it's it's going to be a delayed for inventory. So if if you're lucky enough to have inventory, you, you, this is going to sound strange, but you may not have to push as much. Because your competitors are probably maybe sell out and you can kind of keep that margin for yourself. So I think you got to, especially this year, I think you got to really stay focused on, are you going to have the inventory to last the entire holiday season? And do you actually really need to push all your advertising dollars during that time? Or are you going to start to sell organically because your competition's selling out? So you got to keep your eye on that. Sure. That's what I'm looking at is inventory, like making sure I'm staying in stock. Another thing I'm looking for that I'm doing now is watching brain analytics more and seeing what the search behavior is looking like, making making sure that I have those keywords that uh, represent my product, that I have those in some sort of campaign so that I'm advertising on those because we're going to start to see search behavior change as we get into the holiday season. You know, gifts for toddlers, you're going to see like Christmas gifts for my niece or whatever. You're, like the, Those things are going to start to trickle in. So making sure you kind of have your pulse, your finger on the pulse there is going yeah. to be a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. To touch on to touch on what Chris was talking about, I was just on a webinar with Michelle Barnum Smith from EasyBot, and we were talking about just that those terms, and it was interesting. We we're we we're starting to talk about like if you do like 
gifts for men. So vague, so broad. I mean, it is going to get a lot of traffic potentially, but that's not what you want to be necessarily putting in your campaigns. But if it was uh, barbecue gifts for men and you had a barbecue product or something related to that, sure. that could be uh, the more specific you were able to get. Those might be things that you want to potentially incorporate in your listings and in your ad campaigns as well as this time comes. It, and all honesty, Joe, what's your thought process on those types of words? Because there's <laughs> there's gray area on there. You can go broad and you can get burned, or you yep. can be more targeted with those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you guys hit just a lot of different items, and we're going to circle back to all of them too, because <laughs> there's so many different pieces coming into Q4 to plan for. Dustin, for your question, like um, getting the gift keywords that that's huge going into the holiday shopping season mm -hmm. and that's one way where you don't want to just rely on say like auto campaigns or typical discovery campaigns to find Correct. these because people may not have been searching for the gift keywords or even if they did it might not have gotten enough volume to work their way automatically down the discovery campaign funnel structure mm -hmm. so um, i think using intuition to really find like what are those key spots that we really want to focus on? The, all the gift keywords are going to be huge. And I definitely wouldn't go super broad. So gifts for men, like it, it's going to be, yes, there's a ton of volume, but what's your conversion rate going to be? And what's it going to cost you to get that spot? Like that's probably not the spot to be in. So I would niche down and I would be much more aggressive for those very long tail, like, you know, gifts like, so I'm selling tennis rackets. I'm seeing some rackets behind you. So like, yep, tennis racket gifts for men or something like that, that I know right. I could be really aggressive on. Um, once I start getting broader, I'm probably going to want to test it out more first, make sure I'm getting the conversions because if I get too aggressive on the bid side, you can eat up a ton of budget right away before you catch it. So I don't know. That's a general approach that I take. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, the testing part on something like that can be tricky because they don't start searching that stuff until as it gets closer. Exactly. So it's not it's not something it, that's sort of you testing it during Q4 and yep. adjusting it as it goes. Yeah, sure. But but I love taking the thought process up front, like you're saying. Right. Like, now is the time to do that to get that in place versus trying to do it when everything else is going on too in the middle of Q4. And then at that point, now you just have to review what the actual results look like versus trying to come up with the ideas at the same time. And maybe you're even missing the mark for, or you're too late for, you know, some of the seasonality. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Chris, I mean, you, you brought up another great item, which is inventory. And, yeah. you know, so we, we did our live on social media and we were talking through the record number of ships that were stuck outside of the LA port. And I think it was like 50 something at that time. I, I just saw a new article and it's up to like 70 something over last weekend. Um, so kind of walk me through your thought process on stocking up for inventory, like, and how do you stay in stock? And then if you are in stock, say, and other people go out, like, are you taking advantage of that from like a pricing perspective or how, how are you approaching that overall going into Q4? Yeah. I mean, you better start thinking about your Q4 inventory, like in June or July, because that's what you're going to be placing those orders then. And you got that lead time. And so you know, for Q4, you're probably thinking about that right after Q2, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. if you, you know, right there at that time. So for me, it's a matter of, 
kind of forecasting what I did last quarter and maybe adding 20 or 30% to that just to kind of be safe, kind of give myself a buffer. And then I'm kind of, I'm splitting shipments up. I would suggest me splitting shipments up. And what I mean by that is you can have a big Q4 order, but you can also split that up into smaller shipments within that time frame. So you place an order for Q4 and you tell your supplier, hey, let's ship half of that like the first week of September. And then let's get the other half of that shipped that first week of October. Now I know that the lead times are gonna differ. I know especially this year that they're different, but years past you were able to do that without all these hiccups. You were able to kind of split your Q4 shipments into two orders. That way you weren't stuck with all the inventory. That might be a, an avenue I would test now because when you get your inventory, you don't have to ship it all. Or if you do ship it all to Amazon, great. But if you don't ship it all to Amazon, keep some back. And we talked about this on our show, keep some back for FBM. Sure. Send in your FBA and you can kind of go back and forth there. So that's how I would do it next year at this next year for people is start planning for, you know, at least a June or July order date so you can have it by the time Q4 gets here. Sure. Yeah. And, and I think a key thing too, it's like the, the optionality, kind of what you hit on. So if you're getting a shipment sent in, like you don't necessarily have to send it all into Amazon's inventory. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I've had many instances where I'm loading up my garage just to have more optionality. If other big orders come along, like, you know, I sell directly to colleges quite a bit with my products. I don't want to have to rely on Amazon to fulfill all those products. And then the, the other weird thing going into this too, it's like with all the demand, is Amazon going to be able to handle it? And are we going to experience another like March or May situation when COVID hit where they were actually preferring FBM shipments for a while. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, it, you know, it's, it's a weird circumstance going into it. This is all driven by really high demand, which is awesome. It's great for sellers. I think like you were touching on having that optionality is going to be so huge just because we, we honestly don't know exactly what to expect on the inventory standpoint. And if you're out of inventory, any of the other strategies that we're going to talk about don't really matter <laughs> yeah you just kind of missed you missed the boat per se right yeah <laughs> yeah exactly or you're stuck on the boat and you're stuck on the boat outside of la part yeah i mean that's something i'm done I mean, on the other side of my office over here i've got boxes stacked to the ceiling of inventory and there's so many things like why that's important because even if you time like getting your inventory shipped in like right now i've got stuff that was sent into FBA in the LA in LA and it's taking, I mean, it's been in the uh, FC transfer for someone's in a transfer stage sure. for probably like three and a half weeks. <laughs> and it's driving me insane because I keep having to like pause my campaigns that I'm running and monitor that because as soon as uh, the last thing I want to do is be running ads when my listing shows my shipping time as like, It'll be a, it's be delivered in November in four weeks killing sure. <laughs> my conversion. So I'm, I'm constantly having to double check this and check this. And right now I don't have my FBM listing, uh, active, but that's what I would for sure be doing sure. <laughs> um, in the, in this situation. But yeah, the inventory struggles are, are real, but like you mentioned, it's a problems are usually good, good problems, especially when there's more demand, more things going on. If we can solve these problems, we can be the ones with the products in front of the customers. For sure. And yeah. 
And, and Chris, and you had a, you had a great point too. Like, uh, so looking at based off of where you project your inventory to be, like you were talking, like you may not want to be as aggressive on advertising at the start because you, you don't want to go out of stock later on. So how would you analyze that? Or how would you take a look if you're a seller? Like how aggressive do I get from the start? Yeah, I think it starts again looking at the inventory and seeing how much you project to sell in a 30-day period. If you sell 300 units a month and you only have 250 left, I don't know if I would be running ads. You're going to sell those organically, bring home some more profit. So I think it goes skew by skew. You just got to kind of know how many how many items do you sell? How many units do you sell of a product a month? Let's say it's let's pick a number and then when you get that Q4 bump, what is your Q4 bump? If you if it's a new product, you don't really know what that is yet. But if it's a if it's a toy, a gift, if it's giftable, I would just imagine a, a pretty hefty increase, probably 30% or more, maybe. Sure. But if it's you know if it's a standard item that no one really give like gives as a gift, you might not see that big of a bump, honestly. You 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 might not like see a big big jump in in, in sales because People are buying other giftable products. So I would I would look at your 30-day sales velocity, see if your inventory matches up with that. If you're less, if you have less inventory, maybe cut your budgets down a little bit. And that's another thing, budget balancing, or I call it budget balancing, or budget uh, optimization, whatever you want to call it. But maybe there's some campaigns that you have bad ACoS on and you have some good campaigns that have really good ACoS on. Well, just move your budget around, keep the ones with really low, low ACoS, lo- raise those budgets up and just decrease the one with the low ACoS and you're still spending the same amount. You're just allowing the other campaign to perform a little bit better because it has a low ACoS. Sure. So all that stuff, you know, hand in hand, maybe just watch your inventory projections. Projections, if they don't, if you don't have 30 days or more, I, I don't know if I would run ads, honestly. I, I think I would kind of hold off a little bit. Sure. And I get asked this quite a bit. So a quick question for you. So if you know you're going to run out of stock, do you keep running ads going up to that or do you throttle back? Gosh, it's, I used to be torn on this. I, yeah, I, I'm with Dustin. I used to be torn on this. I used to be like, yes, always run ads, always run ads, because when you come back in stock, it's going to be easier to maintain that rank. And now I'm to feel like, no, it's a sellout because you're bringing home more profit. And, and when you when you get those inventory back in, now you have the inventory to push ads again. Um, you're not going to risk of running out. So I I am now switched to just sell it organically, get the profit. And raise price. Waste, and raise price. Sure. I mean, if there are options there to raise price, I mean, if you're going to run out anyway, don't run out and be out of stock for three months. Run out slowly and make a lot of money. <laughs> Yo, and to touch on that, like, I don't think we... And we've talked about it, like raising prices. We're all three sellers and we don't, I don't think we do it enough. Like we should raise our prices a quarter or 50 cents a week, see what our conversion rate is, check our impressions, see if we get the same number of clicks. If we lose impressions and we lose clicks after we raised our price 50 cents, okay, then lower it back down to 50 cents. Like I don't think we test price enough. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's our perspective too. If you're going to run out of stock, like let's cut advertising back. And Chris, I get your perspective earlier on too, because what we saw like at least like a couple of years ago or not even, I mean, pretty recently, once you go out of stock, like 
it seemed like it was once you came back in stock, it was pretty easy to get going again. And so you just kind of wanted to maintain that momentum. You'd go out of stock, but then you'd come back and then you'd just be like right up to where you left off. Where lately, what we personally been seeing is that if you go to stock, now it's like once you come back in, it's like you almost had to relaunch that product again. And so, like Dustin, to your point, like let's try to extend the inventory that we have over a longer period of time to reduce that stock out. I, I feel like that's much more important now, um, where you really want to reduce that frequency or that time because. Even if you are rocking, like and with in terms of sales going into when you go out of stock, it seems like lately it's so much harder to get going again. And so trying to reduce that time, even if you had to slow sales velocity down, personally, that that's where I'm seeing would be a much better opinion or a much better spot to be. But curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm living that right now. I'm relaunching a product that was at one point had a BSR of one on Amazon a few years ago. It was, it was a really nice bestseller nice. selling hundreds of units a day. And I'm, I've relaunched it and, and I had gone out of stock before in the past. And whenever I relaunch it, I boom, I'm right back up there at the top of page one, right? When it, even if I was out of stock for weeks or months, it would come right back in. This relaunch is very different. I'm, I'm really, I'm, Almost all of my sales right now are coming from PPC. I'm getting almost no organic sales. I know that there's the chance, I know there's the potential for this product. So I'm being aggressive with it to get it back up there. But it is something that I'm going to avoid like the plague in the future is going out of stock on this product because it's too hard to do. It's too much. It's too capital intensive to get this re-ranked again. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great case study right there. And that, that's what we've yeah. been seeing across the board lately. I mean, we literally have to like rerun launching campaigns to get some of these products that we're doing so well, like back up to where they yeah. were. And in many instances, it's tough to do that. And as we know, ranking campaigns, like they take a lot of cash to get these listings going again. They're a long-term investment into the product and the listing itself. But yeah, you, <laughs> you don't want to do it if you don't have to. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> And that brings up actually another good strategy for leading into Q4 is figuring out where you are ranking for all of your keywords right now. I mean, you can do a reverse ASIN lookup on your products and you can do things like limit the minimum searches to like a thousand searches so that you're looking at basically keywords that get traffic. And then you can find out where what keywords you're ranking between like five and 20 on something you're really close. Like if you just gave it a little nudge, you could get into those top spots before Q4 really kicks off. Those are things that I would potentially be really aggressive with right now sure. to, to rank. I think yeah. And Dustin, I loved your initial point. Like, so if you look at where your campaigns are at and where your account is at, as you come into Q4, everything that you're doing right now is just going to be amplified. <laughs> if it's not performing that well right now, like it's going to not be performing double that well. That was horribly phrased, but you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you you yes. did it much better. Yeah. So what are like some key things as you're reviewing your account performance or as you're talking to different clients that you're working with, like where would you focus your efforts right now to get your best bang for your, your buck? I mean, I think an, uh, a huge thing, well, number one is I would do what I was just talking about. I analyze areas right now where we're really, we're ranking close, but like maybe we're like below the fold and like a little bit, cause like that's what, that's something that you could do something now where you could get positioned well so that that gets amplified 
I mean, we know that we know for sure that the base of the higher you're ranked, the higher your conversion rate is. I mean, especially if you're that top spot, your conversion rate is way better than if you're in the middle of the page. So you could theoretically be even be advertising at a higher bid and actually be more profitable at the top spot because the conversion rate's better. So I would definitely make sure I was doing that. That way we can make things that we have chances to put things where they could be amplified for Q4. We can make a little adjustment that's good. But I do the same thing in terms of anything that's performing poorly or we've got a lot of data on and the conversion rate's low on on it or the you know the A cost is high. I mean, those are things you, you would consider just completely pausing sure. just during this time. Like don't allocate all your money towards where they can they can go well. So I mean, I, I would take a big look at conversion rate because conversion rate's pretty a good idea of what it's going to cost. I mean, if you're bidding a dollar and your conversion rate's 5%, it's going to cost you $20 to get a sale huh, on average. Sure. You know, and that's just, it's going to magnify when, when it goes. So I would be doing both those things. It, I mean, this is a no brainer, but if you're, if you're just running like auto campaigns or some broad research, you know, just research campaigns where it's not filtered down to the exact match and get a lot of all the stuff out of there that's uh, needs to be negated. I would be doing that right now to make sure it's optimized going forward yeah i love it any other things that you would be looking at chris yeah i think that's good i think some things i would be testing out is maybe uh doesn't mention pausing some keywords i would probably try a different match type if i was running exact match on a keyword and it wasn't converting like i wanted it to convert maybe try it in a broader phrase match and see if i can get a better conversion rate on that particular keyword especially if it's a keyword I know that I want to go after by using brain analytics. Recently, I've been harping a lot on brain analytics and I think the data is right in front of our faces. We just don't, no one really uses it. You know, brain analytics is something I would spend a lot of time on at different match types, but I'm focusing on sponsored product ads. Like uh, sponsored brand are nice and sponsored display are nice, but like 80 some odd percent of the sales are going to come from sponsored product. And that's where I would focus the most on and trying different match types. Sure. I love it. So I'm switching topics a bit, but I'm curious on your perspective for this. So like, just over the last week, we've seen a ton of updates on Amazon's platform. They're just rolling out like rule-based bidding. So you can actually set in a ROAS target. Currently, it's only available via the API. It just had another new update where they're giving the facelift to the ad console, but we're seeing new, new features in a lot more like automation kind of built into Amazon. Again, they're, they're trying to make it as simple as for somebody to come straight in and use these features and implement them. So I'm just curious on your perspective on where you guys see the platform going in the future and your take on you know some of these new features that have been rolled out. Yeah, I think it's going to be good for this, the whole space. I think it's going to bring more people awareness for automation. And some people may enjoy it. Some people may not. Like we, Amazon still got feedback options and there's still companies that do feedback. So like, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a big thing. If anything, I think it's going to bring more awareness because the interfaces are going to be completely different. We, and you see it, we see it. The things you can do in campaign manager, sometimes you can't even find. If anything, it's going to bring more people aware of automation. They're going to test it out and then they're going to find out ways they can do it better. They're going to look for tools. They're going to look for agencies. And I think that's where we're both going to, all three of us going to. Sure. Yeah. I agree. I think anytime they, they innovate or add things, it's always a good thing for sure. I think you still have to, you still have to have that eye watching it. And, you know, I mean, 
how do you optimize optimizing for ROAS? I mean, there's there's different you know there's always these things that you have to be doing and monitoring it. So, but I'm a big fan of them releasing more and more tools and capabilities for us to use. Yeah, that allows us to do better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fun space to be in. Every day you're having to like kind of relearn everything as you go, <laughs> but it, it's constantly no, no. evolving, which is fun. Again, like we're 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 having all these inventory issues because demand is so high. We're seeing all this innovation in Amazon advertising because it's growing really quickly. So it, it's really fun space to be in. I agree. Like I, I'm excited to see where they keep building this out. And then you know, there's many people in the space who are building software on top of it. Walk us through Solozo. For people who aren't who who don't know about Celozo, give, give us a quick overview there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Celozo, like I said, is a ad automation and optimization platform. Um, it's unique in that it's AI based, but it allows for you to have the most control over whatever strategy you like to employ. Uh, so it's really good for someone who has uh, a pretty good understanding of PPC and they know what they want to do, but they just don't want to have to do all of the, the busy work associated with it. And one of the um, the biggest features inside Solozo is what's called our campaign studio. And it's a it's basically a workflow where you can build out your campaign structure and link how you want your keywords to be transferred through the campaign. So if you've got an auto campaign that you uh, feed a broad match to, and that broad match feeds an exact match campaign. And you also have a, uh, maybe a product targeting campaign. You want to feed that auto into that product targeting campaign. You can map all that out. So that keyword transfer and negative keyword creation and everything happens uh, based on, based on the way you've set it up. And then of course, every day bids are adjusted on your target ACOS. Um, and so it, and all that, so everything you get keyword discovery, negative keyword creation, daily bid adjustments, and a full mapping of your exact campaign structure. Um, so we have those options, and we're actually getting ready to release Solozo Autopilot, which is going to be amazing. It's going to be a one-click solution for anybody who, anybody who doesn't have really understand ads at all. It's going to be a one-click solution to have your campaign structures launched for your product, budget balancing. Uh, everything's going to happen. We're even going to. Uh, automate day parting for it, et cetera. So there's gonna be a lot of really cool features uh, with that Solozo Autopilot. But yeah, Solozo is a great platform for automating your exact strategy. That's awesome. And I love the the tightest strategy, um, you know, because we talk about like ROAS optimization. And now if you can just specify that in Amazon, like, you know, that's one piece. But really the, the bigger piece is like being able to tie that to a strategy itself. And so that's what's really cool. And I love hearing you tie it back to the strategy because different campaigns are going to have different strategies and KPIs and goals based off of where your product's at and what you're seeing for, for results. Sure. So, So that's awesome to hear. And mm -hmm. so for, for anybody who's trying to learn more about you guys or want to connect or follow your content or listen to the podcast, like where should they go? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could check us out on a podcast. It's two Amazon sellers and a microphone. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's three Amazon sellers and a microphone. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Two Amazon sellers and a microphone. We're on LinkedIn. You can find us through our names. But I think the easiest spot to find us is go to Solozo's website, S-E-L-L-O-Z-O.com, and you'll see a button that says, get started. You're gonna get a call with Dustin or one of us. Uh, and we're just gonna learn your strategy. What's great about this space, and Joe, you can agree with this probably, 
is everybody has different strategies. Like they all do different things and broad and phrases and top of searches and broad pages. Like there's there's all kinds of different stuff. So we're going to learn your strategy and then we're going to show you exactly how Solozo can help you with automating whatever you're doing manually. We can, we can automate that for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, again, appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. It's always fun anytime we talk and like, you know, whenever we talk, we could go on for hours, but we'll wrap <laughs> this one up. Um, but Dustin, Chris, thank you guys again for joining the podcast. Appreciate Pleasure you, to be here. Great. Always great talking with you, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And for everybody who's listening to the ad project, thanks for joining. Uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.